Welcome to Integrative Medicine Solutions with Forum Health, the podcast. Our nationwide network of integrative and functional medicine providers believe in a new standard of healthcare, one that creates optimal health by focusing on partnering with you, understanding your needs, learning about your unique health history, and getting to the root cause of your concerns. Using advanced testing, emerging therapies, and the latest technology, Forum Health providers are at the forefront of integrative and functional health care for all. Your journey to better health starts here. Our panelists tonight are Forum Health certified health coaches, Nicole Ziner, Jasmine Russell, and Danielle Booth. Nicole is a licensed health coach with a Bachelor of Science in Biochemistry and Nutrition from the University of Utah. She oversees the development of Forum Health's patient education wellness programs and serves as president of the nonprofit Alliance for Addiction Solutions, which offers functional solutions for mental health and addiction recovery. She also holds one-on-one consultations, both virtually and at Forum Health practices. Danielle is a certified health coach, personal trainer, and veteran of the U.S. Coast Guard. She's an advocate for patient empowerment and self-healing strategies, and specializes in movement and exercise as a treatment to optimal health. Passionate about patient-centered care, including lasting lifestyle changes with mind-body connection, Danielle assists her clients in breaking through mental barriers and limiting beliefs through positive psychology and mind-body medicine. And last but not least, Jasmine has been a health coach for over five years and is currently a neuro-linguistic programming student. She's also a contributing recipe writer in Dr. Peter Koloski's book, Unfunk Your Gut, A Functional Medicine Guide. Welcome, ladies. Thank you so much for speaking with us today. Glad to be here. Thank you. Well, Thank you. Thank you so we're much. very excited to have you about this topic. I know plant-based eating is very trendy. It's very popular. It's in the news. But oftentimes, people have no idea where to start or even if they're getting the right nutrition in. So... Um, I'm excited to pick your brain on this topic. Uh, so to start off, Danielle, could you first tell us what exactly is plant-based eating and what type of foods do you eat? Absolutely, yeah. Um, so plant-based eating is a diet based around or centered in um, mostly plants um, such as grains, vegetables, be- um, beans, and fruits. And, um, and then also incorporating some high quality meats as well. That being said, uh, what I tend to call my style of eating is, I guess what some people would consider nowadays like ancestral. Um, so eliminating as much uh, or as many processed foods as possible. Um, so whole nutrient dense foods, one ingredient foods like a sweet potato, <laughs> not, you know, a whole list of different ingredients. Um, so nice, good quality veggies, fruits, um, and high quality proteins and meats and healthy fats. That's great. Um, and that kind of gives you a, a broad overview. And we'll go in a little, into a little bit more detail, especially about proteins, because I know that's a tough one for people sometimes when they're venturing into a plant-based diet um, or even plant-based meals. Um, Nicole, could you tell us a little bit, what are some of the plant-based diets that are currently out there? Sure. So I think when most people think of plant-based diets, they're thinking vegan, vegetarian, pescatarian, and those are all really structured around, you know, really eliminating 
plant or animal proteins and animal products. So vegan would be fully eliminating all plants or all uh, animal products. So things like uh, chicken, turkey, beef, as well as eggs and dairy. Uh, those are all eliminated on a vegan diet. Vegetarian, uh, there's several variations where people include dairy and eggs, uh, but still avoid animal proteins like chicken and beef. And then pescatarian is where people are including, um, it's mostly plant-based and uh, they do include some fish. So those are, I'd say the top three diets when people are thinking plant-based, but just as Danielle alluded to, any real healthy diet uh, is gonna be plant-based. So at the foundation of any real, you know, healthy nutrient dense, um, phytonutrient and fiber rich diet, you're gonna have a lot of vegetables on your plate. Uh, there are some exclusions that, you know, some diets that are used therapeutically for certain conditions and people have different allergies, but speaking as a whole, um, plants and, and, you know, earth food should be at the foundation of your diet. So some other plant-based diets that people maybe not, won't consider when they first hear that word are things like paleo, clean eating, Mediterranean, and even low carb. So all really, you know, nutrient dense, uh, phytonutrient rich, really supplying your, your body with all the vitamins and minerals that you need. But also some of those can include some high quality nutrient dense animal products as well. So different, a lot of different ways to look at it. And we're going to really dive into what that looks like and how to maximize the nutrients that you get from plants and, yeah. and plant products. That's great. Thank you. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned all those other, um, other diets that people may not associate with plant-based, like low-carb and, and paleo. Um, so that, that really helps, I think, to give a, a bigger picture. Um, Jasmine, I wanted to ask you, what are the benefits of incorporating more plants into your diet? Um, I'm actually glad that Nicole had mentioned phytonutrients because that is one of the key important things about incorporating a plant-based diet is eating the rainbow. When you eat the rainbow, there are so many different kinds of phytonutrients that you're consuming, uh, carotenoids and flavonoids. And I think one of my favorites is resveratrol. I think that's why people use it as excuse to drink more red wine, right? You know, <laughs> but, um, carotenoids, for example, they help us, uh, avoid macular eye degeneration as we get older. Um, there's, a study I'm sure a lot of people are very accustomed to, well, are used to reading the book, The Blue Zones. In there, there is a group of people called Seven Day Adventists, um, which my family um, is a part of. Um, I am not, though. But they have been known to be centarians. They've been living to 100 and, and beyond that. And it's primarily because they choose to be vegan or vegetarians. But it's also because they eat so well. They eat a nice variety of plants and vegetables. And those phytonutrients also help us to, um, they helped us to lower our blood pressure. They help with hypertension. They help with cardiovascular disease. And there are some uh, phytonutrients that have also been known to slow the growth of cancerous tumors. So I think that's why plant-based diets are very, very important, but it's also more than just eating one plant at a time. It's about eating a variety of them. Right. I like, I like that recommendation of eating the rainbow and not in the Skittle sense, but <laughs> eating the entire rainbow that you see at the, uh, in the produce section of the, of the grocery store. That's really helpful when people are visualizing. Um, Danielle, I want to go back to you and I know you and Nicole both mentioned it. 
eating plant-based doesn't necessarily mean no meat. So is there some benefit to having some meat in your diet in addition to eating plants? Absolutely. I, um, I'm a big proponent of the nutrient density of certain meats, um, especially for those of us who are familiar with like a nose to tail approach. So it's not just like, you know, having your chicken breast and your steak, you know, it, of course, you know, some people think of burgers, like, yes, it's totally different. Um, but when you were talking about the nutrient density of, of real, like wild game, like, you know, venison, wild caught, um, animals like that, you've got those wonderful organ meats like liver and heart. And I know I'm probably turning a lot of heads right now, but there are still a few of us who still enjoy our liver and our, um, and our meats are, uh, um, meats like that. So, uh, just incredible nutrient density plants have a great amount of, um, and a great variety of, of proteins, but you have to eat a good amount of them and a whole balanced um, approach when it comes to plant proteins. Like there are some plant proteins like quinoa and black beans and chlorella and spirulina, even those algaes that have wonderful um, types of amino acids and types of proteins, but you do have to eat a lot more of them. So I like a whole balanced diet approach when it comes to fill your plate. Yes, mostly plants, but we also do, we don't want to neglect the nutrient density um, of the, of the animal sources as well. You know, eggs are high choline, um, wonderful, good, healthy omega-3s. It's harder to get some of those nutrients from plants, um, such as omega-3, such as um, absorbable vitamin A. So quick little tip if for those of us who do enjoy all the benefits of like carrots and whatnot, there are some vegetables that aren't as easy to digest. They're not as, as bioavailable unless you properly um, cook them or properly ferment them. Um, so I guess, you know, technically, unless we properly process them. So for carrots, yes, carrots are wonderful and they lower if we have like excess estrogens, they help with many detoxification process, higher in that um, beta carotene, that's the, the not as um, usable form. So you want to cook your carrots to break down some of those hard cell walls and add some fat to it butter high in magnesium um, and good benefits of butter or you know if you are trying to go even more plant-based you know whether it is vegan or whatever it might be then go for a high purity um olive oil good healthy fats in that olive oil so yes wonderful to have your full variety of plants um, to get all the good proteins and um, minerals that you need but also not to neglect fully the benefits of meats. That's great. Because I know that's a question for a lot of people um, when they're starting to think about eating plant-based, even if it's just a few meals a week. So I'm, I'm glad you touched upon that. Um, Nicole, one of the questions I have, and Danielle started to get into it a little bit, is getting enough protein is usually a big concern most people have when they're starting to eat plant-based. Um, can you tell us some of the common plant-based proteins? I know Danielle mentioned a few of those, but if you could, what are the, some of the most common ones that are maybe the most nutrient dense that people can start out with? Definitely. Yeah. And such a common question when on the topic of plant-based diets. So, um, there are a lot of great plant-based, uh, protein options. And I wanted to start off by explaining what 
protein does in your body and how much we need. Because, you know, there's that how, you know, you're not going to get enough protein, but like how much is enough protein? How much should you be getting? And so protein is the building blocks in our body. It's, it's what our body uses to create muscle, connective tissue, hair, blood, enzymes, neurotransmitters. So it's basically what your body uses to, to run the system. And if you don't have enough, then you're not going to recover as quickly. Your, you know, your brain isn't going to function as sharply. You're going to feel more inflamed. Um, and, and, you know, that's when you're just things start to, to become off in your system and you're not able to repair things as, as readily. So definitely protein is super important. And a lot of people do really great on plant-based diets when it comes to protein. And some people do more of, um, like, a processed, you know, carbitarian kind of diet when they first switch over to, to plant-based eating, which is, is just not, not healthy in general. And, and well, you're going to start to deteriorate quickly in terms of health. So the RDA recommendation uh, for protein is 0.8 grams per kilogram of body weight. So for a 150 pound woman, that's about 54 grams of protein. And uh, that's really sort of the minimum amount so that you don't get sick. So you don't start to have like muscle wasting and, you know, start to, to experience negative symptoms of, of uh, deficiency of, of protein. So in order to thrive, you, you likely need more than that, depending on your goals. If you're, you know, recovering from an illness, or you're trying to put on muscle or you're, you know, concerned about bone density, you'd likely want to do more than that. So, um, so that's kind of how much. And then some good protein sources, uh, as Danielle mentioned, mentioned, spirulina and chlorella are really complete proteins. Hemp seed, just sprinkling a couple tablespoons of hemp seed on your salad or on your, you know, uh, oatmeal in the morning or um, just on any sort of meal. Really, it's a kind of just a nutty taste, and that's a over 10 grams of protein for two tablespoons. Quinoa is a complete protein. Kelp and chia seeds. So. All those are things that you can kind of add to your meals to boost your protein. And then in terms of uh, just general proteins, you kind of gets into a conversation of complete proteins, which there's some science behind there, but basically grains and legumes, when you combine them, you get all the essential amino acids that you need. So you have all the building blocks you need, all the ingredients to, to, to make all the, the things that your body needs to make. And so things like combining black beans and rice gets you a complete protein, uh, brown rice pasta and peas or sprouted grain bread and uh, Valencia peanut butter. Those can be really great ways to create complete proteins as well as hummus and lentils. So a lot of good options um, and making sure that you're getting things in the right combination throughout your day. If you're eating a nutrient dense diet and really varying your types of legumes and beans, you're gonna be golden, you'll, you'll be fine. And it can be helpful to track your protein in an app or um, a website like Chronometer or MyFitnessPal, even if it's not every day, but just one or two days a week, or even just you know three days in a row, just to get a good level set of where your protein's at, and just to make sure you're not at like 15 grams or something. You know, you're not hitting those carbitarian numbers. So tracking is, is really recommended, especially as you're just getting into more plant-based um, eating. And then, as, as Danielle mentioned, if you're doing one meal a day plant-based and the other meals contain high quality uh, animal protein, you're probably gonna be good on protein. 
and also adding a plant-based protein shake is one of my gold star recommendations for patients to, to make sure that they're hitting their protein numbers. That's great. I think that really helps people get a good idea. And there's so many great recipes now online to make all of these proteins really delicious and something you actually crave and enjoy, even for children um, can really uh, like and, and, um, and want to eat. And I, am I correct, Nicole, that most people probably don't get enough protein every day, the average American? It's, it's true. That's, you know, I don't know if Danielle and, and Jasmine see this as well, but um, it's definitely one of the first things I dial in with with patients is making sure they're getting adequate protein because it is challenging and, and it's easy to get carbs out, you know, out eating and snacks and it's easy to get fat, you know, nuts and seeds and all sorts of fats, but it's hard to get protein. So it definitely is really common to, to not have enough. Yes, absolutely. Um, well, thank you for that. I think that helps a lot. And um, my next question, Jasmine, kind of goes into the protein discussion um, is really the talk about getting the other proper nutrition you need. I know a lot of people are concerned about that, particularly um, uh, vitamin B12 and iron. Iron. Can you talk to us a little bit about that and um, if other supplementation is needed if you're eating a completely plant-based diet? Yeah, I, thank you. I like the fact, Nicole, that you had touched base on amino acids and complete proteins. I love that. Um, I'm just going to add to that a little bit. Quinoa is very, very popular, um, but I get a lot of pushback from people, even in my family in regards to quinoa, because it has a bitter taste to it. So I can recommend if you just take your quinoa directly from the box and just um, roast it or toast it a little bit after you wash it properly. But if you roast it or toast a little bit in the oven, that kind of gets rid of the bitterness too. Um, Cause that's the only way that my kid will eat it. Um, another grain um, is called Fonio and it's a West African grain spelled F like Frank, O-N-I-O. It's another complete protein and there's tons of B vitamins. It cooks up very, very quickly in about five minutes. And it kind of tastes like, um, like cream of wheat or farina, if you've ever had that before. It's very, very delicious. And you could use it almost like pasta or couscous too, depending on how you use it. Um, but getting back to the B12, um, there are a couple, just a very a small handful um, plant-based foods that you can use that do have some B12 in them. They're a little bit on the low scale, so you'd have to have a lot of it. So that's why we also recommend that you do have a B12 supplement. But nori has a B12, um, oyster mushrooms and porcini, porcini mushrooms, sorry, they have B12 in there as well. Again, you'd have to consume quite a bit of it in order for you to get enough B12. B, having B12 really helps with your nervous system. It helps with your metabolism, but it also helps with chronic fatigue. So if you're someone who is consistently tired, obviously we want you to get together with one of your doctors, kind of evaluate that. But even having a B12 blood work order is so key. Um, and it's just, it's just a simple blood work. Your insurance company will pay for it. So it's nothing fancy. But knowing that your levels are low, that tells us, Okay, that is definitely at least part of the problem, if not all of the problem as to why you're having chronic fatigue. Um, and then touching uh, on what Danielle had said in regards to um, the lycopene, um, like tomatoes and carrots, it's important to either cook it or saute it in some kind of fat because it's a fat soluble vitamin. Um, 
carotenoids, vitamin A, that's one of the phytonutrients in our plants. So by sauteing it in like olive oil or butter, some kind of fat makes it more bioavailable. But when it regards to iron, I mean, I think nowadays kale and, and spinach and all those wonderful greens are so, so popular, but it just kills me because I think people are eating it wrong. And the reason why I say that is because you need some kind of citrus in order for you to absorb the iron from those vegetables. Um, if you have spinach, like a raw, like baby spinach, even sprinkling a little bit of orange or orange zest on top of that makes it, makes it taste delicious, <laughs> but it's also nutritious. It makes it much more bioavailable. So that way you can absorb the iron from there. Um, if you notice when you're looking on the shelves for like an iron supplement, a lot of the iron supplements will contain some kind of vitamin C. And the reason why is because that helps you to absorb the iron. Um, when it comes to um, cooking the rest of your plants and so forth like that, steaming your cruciferous vegetables also helps as well. I know we're going to talk about that a little bit later, but when in doubt, just I just want you to think about how you're preparing your food. If if you have like a baby spinach salad and you want to put a little dressing on it, just add a little bit of citrus, add a little bit of olive oil. That's really all that you need to keep in mind. If you're like, oh my gosh, um, I'm having tomatoes. What do I need? Do I need citrus or olive oil? Put them both in, you know, it's going to make it taste really good. That's a great tip. You know, I heard that recently about kale, that you really shouldn't eat kale in, the, in its raw form. It should be cooked, um, which I, I don't think many people realize. It was such a trend for a while. Everybody was eating kale. Um, but that's a great tip. I'm actually going to try that tomorrow on my, on my salad. Like you said, it tastes good. So yes, it's a win-win. And, yeah. and if I can piggyback off of what you're saying, Jasmine, about the citrus, um, there was an article that I was uh, recently researching that talked about you can absorb four times more um, iron with by adding citrus to your food. So that's that's an, an a significant significant increase in your iron absorption. So that that lemon squeezing fresh citrus or lemon on your foods is like it's a game changer for those of us who are lacking in iron and for those of us who are trying to go more plant based. Um, and another thing that I was just learning in a course. Um, was the lim limonin limonene? <laughs> I think I know. I always like this word. Yeah, that's um, that's a um, component to the rind of the citrus. So if you're getting a high quality, like an organic lemon, you could even very very thinly slice the the whole lemon itself to get that good vitamin C from the juice uh, of the of the lemon. But also, don't neglect the rind either. You're getting good digestive support from that limonene, limonene. <laughs> yeah, any bitter foods or citric, uh, citrus, high citrus foods, they help stimulate our digestive enzymes. And so a lot of people um, will squeeze the juice, but also use some of that rind as well. So um, like the zest as well from the rind, um, whether it's on your foods or your cocktails. <laughs> That's super interesting. And it actually, as I heard you guys talking, it reminded me that if we look at how traditional cultures prepare vegetables, I think it teaches us a lot about how to get the most nutrients from the foods that we're eating. So when I think of like, um, 
like in Greece, you know, or Greek food, they serve sauteed greens with a wedge of lemon on it, you know, and I'm like, oh, it makes sense. Like, you know, of course that makes sense. And then too, how you're talking about stimulating bile, um, it's, it's important that we have all the right nutrients in there, but that also our, our stomach is, you know, our, our gut is able to digest and break down everything. So getting that bile production with the citrus, but it all just kind of like, oh yeah, people have figured it out over hundreds of years. <laughs> I know it works. And it makes it taste yeah. good too. Yeah. 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 That's a win-win. Yes. But don't neglect that wedge of lemon when the server comes and asks you for your, if you would like a glass of water, always add that lemon. <laughs> <laughs> Always add the lemon. Yeah, because you think, oh, I'm, I'm being healthy eating a salad. Not realizing <laughs> you're not absorbing all the nutrients that you could be. So that's a, a great, a really great tip. Um, Danielle, one of the questions I have is, you know, of course, we all know plants are good for you and, um, and, and healthy, but is eating a plant-based diet or even plant-based meals, is that good for everyone? Or are there some people who should maybe avoid it? I am definitely um, in the thought process that, and I know everybody here will agree with me on in terms of um, all of us on this panel, that we are all individual. Um, we all have our own, you know, N of one bioindividuality. There is no true one diet fits all. And I try to tell every single patient that I work with on our network, um, the same thing. And us as health coaches, we will support them in, you know, any route they want to go, but we also want to make sure we're educating them um, so that they're fully empowered to make the best decision based on what their doctor is saying. Like if you're, if you're getting some blood work done with your doctor and they're saying, Hey, you have too much iron or, Hey, you need more heme iron, whatever it might be, or maybe you have a blood um, lab level that is, you know, some of our doctors um, are, are really good at, at uh, testing and seeing if, you know, if you should do some sort of like a plant-based detox, like temporarily or whatever it might be. Um, what I have seen a lot of um, like ulcerative colitis patients, a lot of them have a little bit of um, issues with most plants because of the fiber intake. Um, I wouldn't say that there any there isn't any one specific uh, disease or chronic condition that you should um, you should not do a plant based diet if you do if you if you're doing it properly and properly processed foods like soaking your grains soaking your seeds. Um, you know, like, like you were saying, Jasmine, with that quinoa, you want to soak your quinoa, you want to soak any grains that you eat, soak and sprout ahead of time. So that way it breaks down those phytonutrients or the, um, the anti nutrients that like the plants create to protect themselves, if you will. And that's kind of a reason behind a lot of those carnivore diets, those, um, it's like the, you know, the plants actually want to kill you. <laughs> no, they don't want to kill you. <laughs> Just, you know, with everything, like there, there's everything in moderation. Um, but I, I, there are certain health conditions that you should go definitely less processed foods. That's number one, for sure. Anyone's going to thrive off of changing their diet from the standard American diet to whether it is fully vegan, plant-based, or, you know, carnivore, whatever it might be, whatever works for you. I recommend trying it. Try a two-week vegan diet. Try a two-week full carnivore diet. You're going to find out how your body thrives and adapts, and you may feel fantastic. Say even if it's like three months on a full vegan diet, 
you know, of course, while supplementing with certain some of the foods that are hard to get from a um, a full vegan diet, like you want to make sure, you know, um, Jasmine, you were talking about B12, B12, if we are deficient in B12, we're not going to thrive, we're just going to continue to de deteriorate. Um, there was one that came to mind was um, nutritional yeast. Now, again, it is lower, you won't get as much as, you, um, as if you were to get it from animal sources, but nutritional yeast has some good high quality B12s for energy and whatnot. Um, so, you know, it, it's all about like finding the right support, whether it is your doctor, whether it is, you know, your provider, your nurse practitioner, your health coach to help guide you in the right direction and to make sure you're doing the diet properly based on your goals and based on your health conditions. So like, um, and I believe someone had even asked about um, like psoriasis. Yes, you know, it's hard to say that there are certain foods that are like, you know, if they're whole nutrient, like grown from the earth, like this orange, you know, it doesn't have 15 different ingredients in it. It's just orange. It's hard to say that that's bad for anybody, but to temporarily eliminate it from your diet, you may find out if that does, you know, the yeast from, you know, what the fructose and the orange might produce in your gut. If you have dysbiosis and too much yeast in your gut, you may do well with lowering certain fruits. You may do well with lowering certain, you know, fermented foods, even like, you know, even oats, um, you might do really well with limiting those. Um, but again, that's not, not for everybody, just for, for certain things like nightshades. Um, I tend to find that I do a cycle um, of lowering my nightshades just to kind of check in and just to kind of see, cause I grew up with some like some skin conditions on my elbows, whether it was psoriasis or you know, whatever it might be, it's always kind of there. So I always just kind of take a little check and like, okay, I'll do like a, a month without nightshades or you know, or at least as long as you're properly um, sourcing them. Like if you do want to have a nightshade like tomatoes, cook it and make sure you're adding olive oil. You're getting the benefits of the fats of the olive oil. You know, that's why, you know, Mediterranean and, and Italian diets, they, you know, they always pair their olive oil with their, um, with their tomatoes. Um, so it's hard to say that there's one particular type of group of, um, you know, people that wouldn't thrive off of a plant-based diet. Um, but I don't think it would hurt for anyone to try a, you know, a full on hardcore, <laughs> whether it is full vegan or whether it's carnivore, try it out. See how you feel. Your body thrives off of adaptation. Yeah, yeah I think. Great. I think that's great advice. Well, and I think we get so caught up in labels and, you know, I read on the internet, I should be vegan and I have to exclude all these foods and eat all these foods. But like Danielle was saying, it's all about what feels good to your body and you know an orange as perfect as it might be might be kryptonite to your body and you really don't know that until you try it and try not eating it you know and then see you know do, do do elimination diets work with your providers work with a health coach and see kind of what works best for you and and adapt your diet based on that absolutely everybody's so different um but i, I really like that tip of just trying it out for two weeks and yeah seeing, you know, how your body reacts. That's a really great idea. Um, Nicole, my next question is for you, and, and Danielle's kind of touched upon this a little bit, but what have you seen are some common myths that people have about eating plant-based and maybe just aren't true? Yeah, so I feel like we, we covered a couple of them already. So 
um, that you know you can't get enough protein, uh, that you're going to be nutrient deficient. So there's there's ways that it it's not untrue, right? There there are deficiencies that can pop up, and you might have to be a little bit more mindful. But you can get you know everything that you need and, and supplement accordingly. I think uh, something I kind of mentioned before too is that if it's plant based or if it's vegan, that it has to be healthy. So it's kind of a you know, people eating candy bars and being like, oh, it's vegan, I'm eating healthy. That's not necessarily the case. So you definitely want to eat as close to the earth as possible, regardless, you know, what, what diet you're, you're following um, and making sure you're getting all those phytonutrients uh, every day. <laughs> and then um, a big one too, that I think people just the, their immediate reaction to plant-based diet is that there aren't enough options and they can't live without meat. And so we kind of touched on the, the variety of options that people have in terms of enjoying a plant-based diet. So it doesn't necessarily mean you have to live without meat um, or animal products. So, you know, flexibility is the name of the game and sustainability. So you could eat, be a perfect vegan for a month and then, you know, binge and have McDonald's. And that, that's probably not as healthy as if you listened to your body, felt felt how it was good to you, incorporated more plant-based food and, you know, really made it a sustainable lifestyle and made good choices. Um, and then for those people that they, they really want to choose a fully plant-based diet, um, there are a ton of options out there. And I think we could, all on the panel can agree that the, the really processed meats and, you know, processed lunch meats and cheeses uh, are not necessarily something you want to eat every day on a plant-based diet they do expand your options. And, you know, if someone's really missing, you know, the taste and texture of, of you know, animal proteins, those can be a fun addition to a plant-based diet. Um, and even uh, without those, there's a lot of options. So you can make vegan meatballs um, with walnuts and lentils, sweet potatoes and beets and things like that. And there's just a plethora of recipes online. And I really encourage people just as if you're starting any sort of new diet, that you really don't try to make it too elaborate, that you really kind of look at what meals you enjoy currently and try to find good options for, to, to replace the meat uh, in, in what you're currently eating. So for, you know, if you like uh, Danielle has a, every Tuesday, is it Tuesday you do spaghetti and meatballs? Is it Tuesday? <laughs> Uh, well, Tuesdays are my taco Tuesdays. Oh, yeah. It typically ends up being uh, later in the week once like I'm a little, getting a little more fatigued from my workload and like Thursday, I want to carb load. So yeah, it's usually so Thursday. like Thursday, maybe Friday. <laughs> I love that. So, so in that case, like if someone has, you know, these, these meals that they really enjoy and they bring them a lot of comfort, then it's just think to yourself how you can swap out the protein and add more plants. And so, you know, however that may look, um, you know, looking up some recipes to, to swap that out, um, just keeping it less, less elaborate at, at first can, can really help it become more of a sustainable practice. I think that's great. That's actually the next question I was gonna ask Jasmine is, do you have any easy tips to get started? Um, you've already mentioned so many great ones. I love swapping out maybe a, meat protein for plant-based protein um, and keeping it really simple. Jasmine or rest of the panel, do you have any other easy tips to help people get started eating plant-based? Yeah, I, I think my concern is the people who are watching it right now think that they have to go all in. 
um, you know, what I call like going from zero to hero. And that's really not going to fly, especially when you have kids in the family who are just like, I've never seen a Kiwi before. So kind of meet you where you are at your particular level. I mean, if you are someone who is just eating nothing but processed foods, getting you to eat nothing but processed foods to all of a sudden eating a spinach or a kale salad is probably not going to fly. So I, being a single parent, being a mom, I kind of sneak in the veggies and I'm going to touch base on Danielle's um, spaghetti and meatballs. So what I do is um, I do often juice a lot of my fruits and vegetables uh, during the week and I take the fibrous tissue from the juicer. So I might have like carrot um, and apple, you know, left over from my juicer. And I'll take that and I'll just pop that in in my meatballs. So that way I know that my son is having just a little bit of sweetness and a little bit of those um, of vegetables too in there. And I just kind of sneak it in. And it's just enough where he's tasting it and then he, he he likes it, he enjoys it because of the sweetness from the carrots and the apples. Um, and then I also use some of that pulp from the juicer to make my own burgers. So I'll make my own kale and carrot burgers and I'll just take it and I'll press it, adding a little cassava flour to it as well, a little olive oil and some spices and sauteing it on the grill. And that's like my vegetarian burger for the week. But it really is just about leaning into it. Um, and kind of meeting you where you are. Now, if you're somebody who is, um, you know, eats a, a whole plant-based diet along with some protein, great. But you might want to take a look at your grocery store and look at other different kinds of produce. I know there's a lot of people that are advocates for organic and so forth like that. For me personally, I can't afford it all the time. So I'll try to, as much as I can to eat organic dirty dozen, but at the end of the week, I'm budgeting for groceries and it's like, do I want to budget for organic chicken for my son or do I want to budget for organic strawberries? You know, mm -hmm. which one's the lesser two evils? Maybe I'll get him a small container of strawberries, but I'm definitely going to buy the organic chicken because both of us are eating that. And there's a lot of root vegetables too that I think people are ignoring. Um, I'm going to age myself here, but... <laughs> But I mean, when my grandmother cooked and she was doing, you know, beef stews and things like that, she would do things like, like, you know, like turnips and rutabagas. And these are ugly, ugly vegetables. And I don't know why they're so dirt cheap. I don't know if it's because they're not popular or because they're ugly, but these are so delicious. Um, and they're really good substitutes for potatoes as well. If you go to the ethnic section of your grocery store, you will find things like this, the Caribbean root vegetables that are lower in glycemic index. There's a really great substitute for potato. And so if you're like, I'm a meat and potatoes person, try, this is malanga, by the way, there's malanga and there's yautia and it's has, the yautia has a waxy texture. The malanga is a lot thinner, but you peel it, chop it up and boil it and pair it like a potato. So if you're a meat and potatoes person and you're like, that's all I'm going to have. Don't get me. You can't get me to eat a vegetable. Grab one of these, prepare it like a potato and just mix it in with your mashed potato. So that's just, I just want people to think about just doing one step further from where you are. Um, baby food. There's a lot of really good baby food out there too. Um, that looks like adult food. Sometimes they'll just, if you look a lot of baby food back in the day was primarily bananas and apples. That's all you can really find. And just a little bit of spinach or a little bit of green peas. 
Now you'll see the main ingredient is spinach and like a little bit of butternut squash and a little bit of apples. But that's a really good way to kind of sneak in um, if you're making homemade burgers um, or if you're uh, having you know oatmeal for that day, if you're making your overnight oats, stir that in, serve it with some blue wild blueberries. That way you're having a little bit of extra veggies, a little bit of uh, nutrient dense foods too. But I really encourage people to just look at the ugly fruits, the ugly vegetables, sorry and start adding that to your diet. I think one of the things that drives me crazy is that when things are on trend, like avocados we used to get for like less than a buck back in the day and cauliflower is now almost $4 for a big, for a big head. Back then they were very, very inexpensive. So scour the aisles in your produce section, look for things that are different, that are unusual, that are on sale that you might wanna try. And bring your kids with. I know people are going to be like, no, you're crazy. Um, but bring your kids with. You'll be so surprised. They might look at something like my son's favorite fruit is a dragon fruit. And he loves it because it looks so weird to him. Yeah. <laughs> and he will always pick it. This and then the other one's a kiwi, which doesn't look weird. But he picked this out when he was two years old. I'm thinking, my God, this is $5. <laughs> yeah. But he loves it and he'll eat it and he'll enjoy it. Um, bring your kids with you and let them pick out something different. Or um, if you're like not too sure where to start, just even incorporating some kind of root vegetable into your diet or even some kind of green. There are so many different kinds of varieties of vegetables within that category. So like carrots, for example, I mean, if you're eating an orange carrot all the time, try eating a purple carrot, try eating a white one. Um, if you're like, uh, constantly eating, you know, nothing but kale, you might want to try looking at something like spinach, but eating baby spinach instead. Baby spinach is less pungent. Um, it's more palatable when you put that in with your protein, uh, powders and shakes, you don't taste it. It's not as strong tasting as something like lacinato kale or curly kale. There's so many different varieties. Um, and within those varieties, some of them can be less expensive, which are the less popular versions. Mm -hmm. But I think people really need to get a relationship with their grocer. You know, whether you're going to the to the butcher department in your grocery store or whether you're going to the produce section. I have I live in a very, very small town. So it's one of those things where everybody knows your name. But also it's so, so key to make a relationship happen with your produce person you know, tell them, Hey, what's, what's in season, you know, purchasing something that's in season is going to be less expensive for you. And it's going to taste a lot better, a lot better. Um, and then plus your produce guy or girl might be like, okay, you know what? The strawberries aren't looking too good, but these berries are really, really good today. Let just developing that relationship, a quick, you know, talk here and there. I think that is so key. I don't know why we missed out on having those relationships and those conversations with people that we see every single day, but they are, uh, they, they're such a, uh, an amazing source of information. And sometimes they'll even put some things on the side, just knowing that that's your go-to. Like my son likes dragon fruit. So when I go there, they're like, I got your dragon fruit for you. And they'll put it on the side because they know by the end of the week, when I'm coming there, Friday happens and it's gone. So I think that is so, so key is just kind of leaning into where you are, analyzing where you are now, 
and where you want to be going from zero to hero. Like I said, you know, having like servings of nine to 12 fruits and vegetables a day where you're eating, you know, frozen meals all the time, you're probably not going to do that every single day of your life. Um, and if you wanted to, too, I mean, I would try just herbs. If you're not eating greens and not having any kind of vegetables, pick out an herb. Oregano is so good and so potent. Putting some fresh oregano leaves on top of your pizza is amazing. It's a game changer. Even basil, basil slightly sweet, shredding that up and putting that top of your pizza on top of your marinara sauce, yes. on top of your salads, that is a huge, huge game changer. Oh, and rosemary is like the, the youth herb. It is so, it's, it's so nutrient dense for so many different systems in our body. There's so many centenarians out there who, who swear by the benefits of rosemary. So I would highly consider adding more of that into your diet if you can, um, as well. I think we need a, a cookbook from the three of us. <laughs> I'm actually getting hungry now. I got a great <laughs> roasted beet recipe. Roasted beet yes. recipe. It's so yeah. good. Send that over. We'll do Danielle, I wanted to ask you, you know, so many people who are listening tonight, the idea of changing their diet, uh, even one meal may seem really, really overwhelming and a little daunting. Um, how do you form health, health coaches help the people who want to modify their diet, their lifestyle, or really reach their health goals? Absolutely. Um, I am so passionate about, like, I try to think of areas in my life and time periods where I was struggling with something, um, whatever it may have been. And I just needed someone to either verify that what I was thinking was correct or not correct, um, or just kind of help guide me in the right direction. Like is plant-based eating right for me is, uh, you know, a, this, this store-bought juice cleanse, is it really all it's, you know, talked about, uh, you know, benefit wise or not, you know, there's the, some, so many patients, um, come to us as health coaches and say, you know, this, the, the doctor wants me to do this elimination diet. And I just, I don't know if I can give up my, my grains and my, you know, my eggs and my, my steak, like, you know, it's, it's a lot of things. Um, one, we come to help support you on where you're at are you willing to at least give up three of those items on that list? You know, what are the most, what are the things that you think you might be sensitive to? Like random thoughts of, you know, maybe you read an article or you watched a blog, you know, or, a, um, you know, a YouTube video on like, are eggs good for you or are eggs bad for you? Like it's up and down and up and down. You can meet with one of us as a health coach to help guide you in what would be best for your goals and your needs. For instance, uh, you know, eggs are certainly extremely nutrient dense. Um, and I, you know, I would never want to take them away from anyone unless it was actually truly just temporary, or they did have some sort of chronic condition that eggs are known to be a trigger for, whether it's sensitivity, like for instance, I was lit. I, I was like, Oh, the keto phase, I'm going to try it. I'm going to see, you know, I'm going to get great benefits, like cognitive benefits and energy and this and that. And everybody's talking up this keto diet. I did it for 30 days. I, I, I was to a T I did it very, um, 
you know, very particular and um, made sure I, you know, I had the sticks and you know, all the things to make sure that I was in ketosis and I was miserable. I was absolutely miserable. And in fact, um, so I have a condition, I, I, I get cold sores. I know a lot of um, Americans and a lot of people across the world have EBV um, or, you know, cold sores. And it turns out when I was in keto, not only was it, was it causing inflammation because I was living off of eggs. I was like, oh, they're good protein and the healthy fats. And then I've got my avocados. Like I could live off them all day long. I was getting a cold sore once a week and I could not figure out what the issue was because eggs are so nutrient dense and they're so wonderful and healthy fats and it's keto. Keto can't be bad for me. Keto is not for everybody. Certain foods aren't for everybody. Um, so we as health coaches, not only do we experience as many of these diets as we possibly can just to get that, you know, hey, I did it. You can too. You know, we're here as your coach, your support. This is what we've noticed with ourselves going through it, but also the thousands of patients on the network that we meet with daily. You know, we, we meet with every single doctor on this network and we've seen what works, what doesn't work, what are the complaints of certain patients on certain diets, how they felt. You know, this patient has Crohn's and they didn't happen to do well on, you know, this particular protocol. It's very, very individualized and we help come in to like bridge that gap. Like, okay, your doctor prescribed you an elimination diet. What do you think is doable? Do you think that you can give up these foods for 30 days if it means that you could potentially find out what your trigger is? So we're here to help support in any means that the patient needs. Like if the patient's like, I need a lot of handholding, I need to talk to you and vent to you, you know, once a week, like we're here for that. Wherever you need, we're here just like if you were to like hire a guy to go um, hike uh, Machu Picchu. You're not going to just go on your own and go and do it and, you know, grab a pack and go. You have to get a guide to help make sure that you're doing it in the right season, that you've got the right equipment, and to make sure you have the proper hydration and the proper foods to get you through. And also, this may be the way that the trail looks like. But on this particular day of the week, there's a bear there. So we go this way on this day of the week. So we're here to truly guide you to make sure that you're ultimately getting in the right direction. We're not here to tell you what to do. That's not our scope. That's, you know, the doctor's going to tell you what to do. We're here to help make it more feasible. Um, so that's kind of in a nutshell of of what I can say as a health coach that, that we all support on. And we all have these different backgrounds and experiences. So we, uh, we're here for motivation. We're here for, you know, this worked for this person, but not this person. And so, but ultimately the doctor, you know, is the end all be all. They say, you know, that this is your blood labs and this is what you need to do. So, you know, we'll make sure you understand it. But then also like, okay, you're not ready to do this. When will you be ready? Do we need to wait for this birthday party to end? Do we need to wait for, you know, whatever this, this vacation or, Hey, this is how you could do this to even get more benefit out of your vacation. You know, Hey, start on these supplements now, because you might get through a couple of those like dips and like maybe a detox flu. You'll work through that in that first week. And then by the time you have your vacation, you're just going to be in maintenance and you're going to feel so much better versus waiting and still being, you know, miserable with all the chronic conditions that you've got going on and this and that. So mm -hmm. that's, yeah, <laughs> that's kind of what we're here for. <laughs> I think that's really well said. <laughs> 
it's hard to do it on your own. It's hard to navigate so many choices and health conditions and your goals. It's very hard to reach that by yourself. I know people do it, but to have a cheerleader in your corner, yeah, um, who's helping you, like you said, like a Sherpa up the mountain, is <laughs> yeah. so much more beneficial. Yeah, I think that's a really beautiful way that you put it. Um, and all three of you have such incredible experience and I know success with so many patients within our network. I would love um, just something that you would, each of you would like the audience to take away with them tonight. I know we mentioned so many different things, um, but what would you like our, our viewers to come away with? I mean, Nicole, I'll, I'll start with you. Yeah, so I would like everyone to come away with inspiration that it doesn't have to be cut and dry. You don't have to cut out, you know, all animal products. And, um, and there's a lot of flexibility and a lot of beauty in eating more plants. And even myself, I'm like, I wanna go find some ugly vegetables. I wanna add more citrus. And, you know, even for people that already eat a lot of plant-based diets or eat completely plant-based, there's a way to, to create more enjoyment and get a lot more nutrients out of your food when, yeah, you do a little bit of research and, you know, look up new recipes and, and really kind of learn from, from experts to, of how to, to get the most out of your, your meals. So uh, inspiration, because I'm definitely leaving inspired to, to pick up a couple herbs and spices and prepare some foods a little bit differently than I've been doing. Agreed. I am too. Um, Jasmine, how about you? I think for me, the most important is just, just to lean into it wherever you are, whatever level you are. Like I said, if you're eating processed foods and you want to incorporate a little bit more vegetables, add something, you know, green to your diet. Or if, if that's too much for you, then go ahead and add the herbs. And if you've got a family like I do, take your kids with you. And kids are just so, um, they're so how would you say they're inspired by looking at something that's completely wonky, completely different. And all those little things that we take for granted, like, wow, you know, look at how moist the grass is today. You know, kids look at things differently than we do. And sometimes they'll even inspire us when we go to the grocery store, like, oh yeah, I, I haven't really thought about that vegetable. Let's, let's try that. Bringing them in with you as crazy as it sounds it's going to help you a lot to kind of navigate what it is that your children are in, are interested in. And if they're old enough, you know, give them a butter knife and something soft to chop with. Um, my kid's eight years old. He's actually really good as a sous chef right now. So he's for hire. Um, but even getting a little uh, processed, uh, uh, you call it one of those little baby food processors and having your kids, you know, just just put the vegetables in, take their hand away but let them be a part of the action in the kitchen. So that way they can be invested in it. It's kind of like, I think we talk about the Ikea effect, you know, when, when you've got your own couch and you're building it and it's like, wow, you know, I put this together myself. You want to hold on to that couch a little bit longer because you invested a couple of days <laughs> trying to put that couch together. Same thing with, with your kids and with your family. When you go out together as a family and you are, purchasing produce together and looking to see, you know, what looks good and what doesn't and what you might be craving that day, building a meal together. First mm. of all, it, it's great for family bonding. And mm. second of all, there's a pride that happens with it too. You know, I, I've learned my lesson as a helicopter mom. I'm just kind of like this with my kids. Um, 
but you got to kind of step back and let them do their thing and let them make their mistakes. My kid in particular makes his own spices. He's amazing at it. I would have never thought of putting rose water on top of my buffalo wings, but letting your kids do all of those cooking and getting involved with that, or even your hubby, I know too, uh, as a woman and, you know, dating it, sometimes I just want to control the meal a little bit too much. But if you let your guy or your significant other just come in and add a little something or tweak it in or, you know, hey, babe, you know, instead of putting garlic, you know, maybe can we just try some lemongrass? Okay. All right. It's reducing the wine. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. yes and help me reduce the wine. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, so just leaning into it just a little bit and allowing everyone to just be a part of the meal, I think is such a huge process. I love that. Plus you're setting your, your kids up for success in the future. They'll know how to eat well. They'll make better decisions um, with their diet in the future. So I, I love that. And then uh, Danielle, last but not least. I love, I love how you say leaning into it, Jasmine, because um, just if there is any fear towards changing your diet up and, you know, kind of going more plant-based or at least eliminating processed foods. You're not alone. Um, in fact, I, I always had a sense that I was probably sensitive to dairy. Um, it took me three years to fully give up gluten and it took me two years to give up dairy. I still have some butter here and there, uh, you know, good, healthy quality grass-fed organic butter because of the the healthy fats, you want to make sure it's organic because of the, you know, heavy metals. Um, but like, so I'll still have some dairy and it's got to be the best pizza that is out there for it to be worth it for me to have. And I am a pizza fan, um, but dairy and gluten definitely affect me. Um, so it took me a very long time to give them up because I was so like emotionally attached to them, but also like internally addicted too. you know, there's certain gut microbes in our, uh, you know, that we have based on what we're eating. So if you're feeding, you know, the bad gut microbes with car lots of carbs and sugar, you know, you're going to, those are going to thrive. If you're feeding your gut microbes properly fermented foods, good quality processed, uh, you know, properly processed plants, you know, soaking your grains and seeds, like I mentioned, you're going to have those gut microbes um, thrive off of those that are the healthier ones. Um, so definitely take away of you're not alone if you are kind of nervous or have any kind of fear around changing your diet or going in this direction. Um, you're, yeah, you're not alone. It took me two years for dairy, three years for gluten. And um, <clears throat> I still have a couple other vices that I'm not willing to give up yet. <laughs> Me too. Ladies, relatable. Very, very relatable. I agree. It has to be really good quality pizza or ice cream. <laughs> yep. Yes. Ladies, thank you so much. I'm going to have to rewatch this again just to take notes. This was so informative. I think we're going to have to have a part two of this webinar because there's so, I mean, this is such a huge subject. Um, I'd love to open up the class of questions for our audience. I know we've had several come in already. We're gonna try to get to all of them tonight. All right, so let's dive in. We have a lot here. Um, one of the first ones that just came up is, can eating plant-based help me lose weight? Mm. I, I can start that one off. <laughs> So often, oftentimes it's just a change of diet that's going to help you lose weight. 
whether it is plant-based or not, getting off of processed foods is going to help you lose weight. Eating whole nutrient-dense foods is going to help. There might be some tweaks here and there, like, yes, there's higher glycemic fruits and higher glycemic foods. You just got to properly, um, you know, prepare them. So we've got, like I mentioned earlier with the carrots and the butter, it's the same thing with car like higher glycemic index um, foods, like, you know, your bananas, your, uh, your beets, uh, lots of foods like that are, they have a little more sugar in them. But if you pair them with a protein and a fat that keeps your blood sugar stable, and overall, if you can keep your blood sugar stable, you should be able to start losing some weight, um, as well as, um, so you, you, yeah, you don't want a naked carb. So you want to pair your proteins and your fats with your, with any higher glycemic foods or, you know, your carbs, um, but also just limiting the, you know, the sugars, the carbs um, in general. So if you go plant-based oftentimes, if, you know, again, if you do it properly, oftentimes that's just allowing your body to detoxify properly. That's allowing your gut to heal properly. So overall lowering inflammation, lowering our, our blood sugar levels, high, you know, higher protein, whether it's plant source or animal source, that's going to keep your blood sugar stable. So yes, in a nutshell, you can lose weight going this route if properly done. That's my take. And also something, um, that I lean on when I want to, when my weight starts creeping up and I want to lose weight is the volume of, of plant-based foods. So in the evening, instead of snacking on like popcorn or, you know, chips or something, I'll make a big bowl of roasted broccoli and I'll have a huge bowl of broccoli and it's like less than hundred calories. And it's just, I'm just stuffed like painfully full by the end. And it's a great amount of protein, great amount of fiber. So in that regard too, um, you know, in, in addition to what Danielle mentioned, just the volume that plants, um, plant-based, uh, diet can, uh, potentially, you know, if you're, if you're not choosing just like yeah. straight carbs and grains and all that, you're leaning more towards vegetables that, that can help with weight loss. And Nicole, didn't you lose a significant amount of weight when you did the GDRX program? Yeah. So I lost 36 pounds when I did the gut and liver detox program. And that yeah. was because I did find out that gluten and dairy were triggers for me. And I was just constantly inflamed. My body was constantly keeping weight on. And uh, the GDRX program is uh, the gut and liver detox program uh, that we use here at Forum Health as kind of a foundation to our, um, to our treatment. So it really helps address liver detoxification and gut health. So it's a five-week program. You can check it out on shopformhealth.com if you want to find out more information. Yeah, we can send more information out. It is great. I've done it twice now. And um, just the energy levels that you, that you get after going through that program are, are really remarkable. Um, yeah, that's wonderful. Thank you so much for, for answering that. Um, okay, uh, Jasmine, I've had a lot of people ask me, what was the African grain that you mentioned? I believe it was phonium. Phonio. So F like Frank, O, N like Nancy, I, O. Um, and you can find it in the ethnic section in your grocery store. And if you don't have it again, the, I'm going to reiterate building a relationship with your produce guide, but also a relationship with your grocer. So if you get a hold of the grocery store manager and just tell them, Hey, I'm interested in this, but I can't find it anywhere. A lot of times they're going to be willing to do special orders for you. 
It might take them a week to find out where they can get it from, but they might be able to order a case and you're not tied to eating, to you know purchasing that case. They're gonna try it for a while and leave it on their shelves and see if anyone else purchases it because a lot of times they don't know. And a lot of times corporate is, is purchasing for them, but there are, and I'm not gonna name names, but there are larger chained uh, grocery stores that I was under the impression they couldn't do it for me they're all willing. They're all willing. So it's really about building that relationship. If you can't find it, um, I think uh, you can go online and I think it's called TEFF, T-E-F-F or no, Terra, T-E-R-R-A. Um, they sell Phonio as well too. But again, I just really encourage you to take a look at your grocery store manager, have a relationship with him and then ask him to order it for you. Yeah, that's a, that's a great idea. And also too, with your local farmer's market for other plants and vegetables and really supporting local farm farmers, I think is um, also a great, great way to go too. We kind of forget about them sometimes. Mm -hmm. uh, so here's a great question. I know one I've encountered before. This person said, I've tried a plant-based diet before, but had a lot of gas and bloating. Mm -hmm. What's going on here and how can I handle that? Mm -hmm. Oftentimes yeah. it's low digestive enzymes or, or slow motility, not, you know, constipation, not going to the bathroom as often as we should multiple times a day, not once a week. <laughs> and this is, yeah. it is super common, especially when people are switching over to a higher fiber diet. Um, so sometimes it'll resolve on its own you know, after a week or two, if it doesn't, that would be a great time to check in with your functional medicine provider because they do a lot of in-depth testing to see if you might have some dysbiosis. So have some yeast or other bacteria in there that are causing bloating. Um, and yeah, there's certain supplements and, and things like that that can help. One thing that I learned from Jasmine that I really love and have been implementing a lot with a lot of patients is juicing can be a great way to get a lot of the benefits of uh, fruits and vegetables. So it really, you know, as, as Jasmine says, you, you wanna make sure you get the juicer that takes out the pulp and that, you know, has all the, the fibrous pulp separate. So it's not blending it. And that way the liquid is just pure nutrition. And so that's a way if your gut does have some dysbiosis and you are having um, some issues digesting the fiber matter, the fiber part of plants that you're still getting some of the nutritious, nutrition. Um, yeah, but I, in my opinion, that means that you also have some either issues with enzymes or uh, hydrochloric acid, some stomach acid, or some other type of dysbiosis. So should be able to, to get that addressed with some additional testing. Um, okay, another question just came in. What are your thoughts about macronutrients and percentages when incorporating a plant-based diet? Depends on your goals. Depends on your overall, you know, is your goals reversing or supporting autoimmunity? Is it healing your gut, leaky gut? Um, is it, you know, putting on some muscle, keeping good, healthy, quality muscle mass? Uh, it's, that's a tough one. It's a, it's a little bit more um, individualized, but you still want to kind of prioritize your, your quality protein. Um, but I feel like a general good balance of your proteins, fats, and carbs. Um, yeah, depends on your goals. 
Yeah. yeah. And the way that I like to think about the, the three main macronutrients is carbs is, is more energy. Uh, so, you know, if you're super active, you want to up your carbs. If you're really sedentary, you, you want to lower your carbs. Protein is repair and rebuilding. So if you want to put on muscle, if you're, you know, sick or just your body is constantly repairing and rebuilding. So there's just a, you know, a good amount of protein you want to have normally. And then fats is, is brain and, and hormones and, um, you know, skin. So, so really great for, for hormone functioning, um, and optimal, um, hormone levels. So, uh, so just some ways to think about it. So if you're low, you can kind of manipulate, you know, all the macronutrients to some degree to get a different result. And that's where a health coach can really help kind of dial in based on your goals. Um, and, but you just want to make sure that you're getting enough carbs so you have energy, enough protein so you can repair very well and enough fat so that your hormones are functioning correctly. That's yeah. great. That kind of and if I could just add to that real quickly, my little cheat is like the kid's plate. If you notice there's a kid's plate and it's kind of divided into three, you want to make your larger part of the kid's plate vegetables and some fruits and then the smaller parts some carbohydrates and then the rest protein. But like Danielle said, and Nicole, it really just depends on what you're doing. If you're like, listen, I would rather have more protein then switch it up, make the larger area, you know, your protein. And then a little bit of, uh, of, uh, vegetables and then some carbohydrates. Just yeah. kind of clean it. Yeah. yeah. Clean it. <laughs> we just got a question. It said, what does it look like? What does a well-balanced plant-based diet look like? So that's, that's perfect. That visual, I think really helps a lot. Um, a great question just came in. How do you all feel about uh, the fake meat or the, the beyond burgers, the impossible burgers, those, um, it's processed. I'm sorry, but <laughs> it is. Fast food. Actually, yeah. I was at the grocery store yesterday looking at it and I was debating, you know, I, I was a little lazy and like, I don't feel like making carrot burger today. Let me just check into this. And, um, when I see, you know, pea protein isolates and soy and wheat and things like that, and some other things that I can't pronounce, then I would just rather not eat it. Um, but granted, I mean, you have to make a choice, you know, if, if, if vegetarian diet is important to you and you just don't have time, or even at the end of the day at six o'clock, you're done with your work and you're like, I don't know what to make. And our, our entire family's vegetarian go ahead and have the plant-based, you know, meat burger. That's fine. It's not going to kill you, but I just kind of urge you to think about, you know, can you read the ingredients on there? Does it make sense to you? And if you can't try to avoid it, but again, single mom, full career, going to school, the end of the day, if you're too tired to make dinner and that's your only option, go ahead and eat it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I, there's, um, this, picture or meme, whatever they're called, uh, going around the internet that a lot of people may have seen and where this question may have even stem, uh, stemmed from, but there's uh, a picture of a list of the ingredients from um, like Beyond the Meat Burger, which I have tried and it does actually taste really good, but I... <laughs> The ingredients is just as long as in, and complex to a typical common like general store dog food. It is so processed and so many preservatives and so many 
additives. It's just, it's not something I would want to put into my body when it comes to overall longevity and overall health. But again, like everything in moderation, if it's, you know, last thing that's, you know, th that's available in the, at the bottom of the freezer and I'm starving and worked late, you know, okay, I'll get something in my body, but it's most likely not going to be in my fridge. <laughs> I think a lot of people think that that's healthy and um, just because it's vegan or vegetarian, but I think Nicole and I probably all three of you have said earlier that just because it's vegan or vegetarian doesn't necessarily mean it's healthy. You can't just eat bread and pasta. Oh, it's alcohol. Twizzlers. Yeah. Actually, cyanide is, is, uh, is plant-based. <laughs> so, <Sure. laughs> and and uh, stealing this term from Dr. Sixana um, at Forum Health, she talks about earth food. And and I think just the closer to, to earth that we get our food, the the better off we're gonna be. Definitely. You know, speaking of earth food, a lot of people have been writing in and saying, do you have recommendations of where to find really good plant-based recipes? Um, is there any blogs that you go to, podcasts you listen to? What are some of your recommendations that you have? So I know we do have a lot of um, recipes on the Forum Health website. So, um, we have a lot on also on the Instagram page, uh, Form Health Instagram page, uh, that some of them are created by our health coaches. Um, those are yeah. the ones that the Veggie Week I, section too, Nicole. I love that you said that. The Veggie Week section, there is, I know Danielle mentioned that she loves pizza. I did try that chickpea crust. Mm. It's fantastic. Oh yeah. It's fantastic. Yeah. yeah. It's pretty good. Uh-huh. It's really, really good. I loved the texture and the saltiness and the garlickiness. Cool. Now, Daniel, do you soak your chickpeas? So, it, yes, I'll either soak them or I, now there is some brands now, and this is like recent within the last year that have a jarred chickpea versus a canned. Now, if, if it's last resort and I have to get a can, there is a good brand out there that you can find at most health food stores. Um, and I believe it's called Eden, Eden um, brand. And they've got even high quality uh, sea salt in there, um, you know, instead of a whole bunch of other salt and just, you know, typical Morton's table salt. So if I'm gonna go with, you know, a canned version, I'll go with Eden brand. If I'm gonna go with jarred, if they have it, I think Jovial makes a jarred, um, version or I'll, or I'll soak them. Yeah. Soak them. Okay. Yeah. And just to kind of simplify, if you're just starting on plant-based eating, um, I just want you to think about salt, acid, and, and, and fat. So anytime that you have something that is fatty, like a steak, or even, you know, something like beans, adding a little bit of citrus to it makes it taste so much better. If you have something sweet, like my little trick is taking like a chocolate chip cookie and I put a little sea salt on it. That salt sweet combination really satisfies all of my taste buds. And then I'm not sitting there craving more of it. Adding a little pinch of um, smoked sea salt on top of an apple is amazing. It hits all the right taste buds. So anytime you have something sweet, add a little bit of salt. Anytime you have something fatty, add a little bit of acid to it, even a splash of uh, vinegar or balsamic vinegar or something like that too is really, really helpful. 
And then adding a little bit of heat too, um, some paprika, even a little bit of crushed red pepper um, on your marinara sauce, or even you know some of your fruits like watermelon. A lot of Hispanic people like to take their watermelon, put it in this like teepeen dip. Okay. Uh, yeah, um, it's just let. Well, there's a lot of different ingredients in there, but a little bit of lime juice and a little bit of. Uh, of uh, cayenne pepper on top of that makes it taste incredible. Mm. Ooh, mm. and that makes me think of um, drizzling lemon juice over your papaya. There's extremely Gosh. good gut benefits of papaya. And if you add fresh lemon juice, I don't like papaya without lemon juice. So try it out if you haven't tried that yet. It is phenomenal. <laughs> also, for people that are you know looking to, to replace a meal that they're really familiar with and really enjoy with a more plant-based alternative, uh, a hack that I do is I'll just type in like, like spaghetti and meatballs and then put plant-based recipe and yeah. Google will just, Google just delivers. <laughs> Google will just get us, give you some good options. Uh, so yeah, or clean eating is, is another one that I, I use a lot. Um, but yeah, one other uh, small comment too, with the GDRX program, the gut and liver detox program, we do have a veggie week guide with uh, plant-based recipes. It's a whole guide to eating plant-based and that it comes with the materials that, um, that you receive when you purchase the program on shopformhealth.com. So there are some really awesome recipes there too. So I think even, I, I think even um, Dr. Connie Casebolt from our Forum Health location in the Carolinas, um, she has a book. She has a plant-based eating book as well, I believe. Okay. Yeah. Yes, I believe she does. And there's so many good recipes now. I mean, you don't even really feel like you're missing out if you're traditionally like a meat eater. I know for me, like Indian food is yeah. so satisfying. I never feel like I'm, I'm missing out on anything when it's like a vegan or vegetarian uh, Indian meal. So the food, babe, the food, babe, if you're not familiar with her, she has some great healthy um, Indian style recipes. Also, Dushum is an awesome Indian um, cookbook. I think it's like famous. I think it's really well known. Um, but those are some good resources. Oh, when we talk about the Indian style yes. food. So good. I love that you had that right behind you too. <laughs> All my resources here. I got my whole under my desk. And then Jasmine has her veggies right next to her. I'm <laughs> over for dinner. <laughs> and then tomorrow to the next house. Yeah. Um, we'll probably take just a few more questions. I know this is a really very interesting topic. This is an interesting one. And I, I've been hearing about this a lot lately on different podcasts. This person wrote in and said, you know, I've heard that perimenopausal and menopausal women need more protein as they age. Can a plant-based diet work for this? Or, or what are some of your thoughts um, for perimenopausal and menopausal women? If you've got good digestive enzymes and good digestive function, it's doable. Um, but you're missing out on a very, very key component um, is creatine. So if you don't want to eat, you know, your animal-based foods to get that wonderful nutrient, then you could always supplement with creatine. Um, and I've totally changed my stance on it in the last couple of years. It's the most studied supplement out there. Um, and in fact, women thrive off of creatine um, for neurological function, for our muscle and tissue repair, for hydrating our fascia. There is incredible benefits to it if you, you know, if you don't want to get the animal-based food sources, um, just supplement. 
-hmm. And like yeah. touching on what Nicole said too, I mean, I, I take a progesterone as well, um, but I also eat quite a lot of sweet potatoes. Sweet potatoes are very, very good for your hormones. It's an antioxidant. Danielle even recommended putting some coconut oil on top, which is absolutely delicious. And I'm not a coconut person, so, but adding the coconut oil on there and then adding some chickpeas to just add in some more protein, like Nicole was mentioning, it's really about combining your foods. Yeah. yeah. And it's also such a crucial time when you want to make sure you're getting enough protein to support uh, optimal bone density. So mm -hmm. pre preventing against osteoporosis, osteopenia. And so, um, yeah, really keeping an eye on how much protein you're getting. That's when I, uh, you know, and obviously check with your doctor, but I'd recommend at least one gram per kilogram of, of protein. Uh, so one gram of protein per kilogram of body weight, just as like a minimum uh, around that time. So definitely can be done with plant-based diet. Um, tracking is a really great option. And then making sure you're getting enough vitamin K. So uh, on Shop Form Health, we have an awesome vitamin D that has, uh, I think, 160 micrograms of vitamin K, K2. So really great for making sure that your bones are dense and strong as you age. Um, and so making sure you have the right minerals and nutrients, as well as enough protein uh, can be really great around that, that time, um, in addition to, you know, hormonal support and all that. Yeah, that K2 helps shuttle our calcium where it needs to go. So it helps shuttle it into our bones instead of pulling it out of our bones. So making sure you're getting in your electrolytes, your high quality minerals. So your potassium, your magnesium, your sodium, whether it's from, you know, high quality mineral salt or from, you know, high electrolyte foods like coconut water, um, your cucumbers, those like watery foods like it's it's way more hydrating than than we even think it is so add you know add your lemon to your water eat those um highly hydrating veggies or you know even your watermelon it's it there are really great nutrients to those that help overall bone health and you can even get some vitamin d um from mushrooms if you get store uh, mushrooms um from the store, you can you want to keep them cool as long as possible. But if you turn them upside down and let the little like inner fuzzy part get the sunlight, like on your windowsill, it absorbs more vitamin D. I know it's the vitamin D2 form, but that is a, that is a way you can get more vitamin um, vitamin D through your mushrooms. Um, yeah, I, I love, love that. that. I forgot about it. Is yeah. it like 15 minutes or something like that that you have to? Yeah. Yep. It was, it was anywhere for, depending on the time of the day, anywhere from 10 to 20 minutes. So 15 minutes seemed to be that like magic number. I love that. Yeah. That's wild. Yeah. That's amazing. I'm, gonna, I'm definitely doing that's gonna that. I'm going to sun my mushrooms. <laughs> yes, sun your mushrooms. And you can get, um, you can get really good magnesium from your veggies. So your dark leafy greens, even our dark chocolate. So, you know, don't neglect the high magnesium foods um, when it comes to that, you know, transition in life. I'm glad you mentioned the dark chocolate. We want to keep that on the list at all costs. Take anything but my chocolate. <laughs> the chocolate, exactly. Um, one last question, just to wrap it up. And this is a really good one. Um, does the body process plant-based protein differently from meat-based protein? Yes, in a very short answer, but I'm yes. curious to see what you, yeah. what you girls- I'm just trying to think say. of the technical way that it does, but yes, it, it definitely does. It does. Um, 
In so, regards to, to digesting it though, too, I want to touch base on what Nicole and Danielle have also mentioned is really it's a key to make sure that you have the proper enzymes. So if someone who doesn't have a gallbladder, uh, enzymes are very, very important. Uh, I know that Form Health and a lot of the doctors offer a stool test, a comprehensive stool analysis. That's going to let us know whether or not um, you need more enzymes in your body as well. But um, phosphatidyl, Choline also helps that kind of access your gallbladder. Um, but really the key is just making sure that you have a way of absorbing the nutrients, plain and simple. And if you're not sure, you definitely have to connect with your doctor in regards to that. Right. Yeah, that's a good point. Because at the end of the day, we're trying to get the amino acids from the protein because your, your body is, you know, we're, we're taking the the big, big proteins and breaking them into the, the building blocks, those amino acids. And so both plant-based proteins and animal proteins contain those amino acids. It's just how quickly can we get to them? And so with, with things like protein shakes, those are already pre-digested. Our body just absorbs those amino acids. Then we can build tissue and bone and, and neurotransmitters and all those things. So it's a quick process with plants it might be a little bit longer if you don't have enough enzymes or hydrochloric acid, stomach acid. And so if you're, and I mean, if you've ever pooped out corn, you know that, you know, certain plants can go through you without being digested. Yeah. So you want to make sure that your gut is functioning properly. And the same can be said for animal proteins too. If you don't have enough enzymes or uh, hydrochloric acid, then those proteins can also go undigested. So you could be getting the most nutrient dense diet in the world, but it's not getting into your bloodstream and into your cells. Uh, so add your citrus and maybe some rind and get that bile churning, get that functional medicine test from your doctor. If you think you have additional issues and you'll be good to go. Wow. This was wonderful. I, I would love, we need to do this again. For yeah. sure. Yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> um, I think we have to, because we've only really touched the surface in some just barely scratched the surface. <laughs> barely scratched the surface. But thank you, Nicole, Danielle, Jasmine, just for your time, your expertise in this topic. I know all three of you are so passionate about it, have tried so many of these diets and um, explored so many of the fruits and vegetables that are available to us. And just thank you for sharing your, your knowledge on this topic, because it can be hard to navigate uh, when there's so much information online. So we really, really appreciate it. Um, before we wrap up tonight, I'd like to invite everyone to schedule a 15-minute call with one of our expert health advisors, really to find out if Form Health is right for you. It's an easy way to learn more about what we offer, uh, the conditions we treat, and the locations near you. And you can schedule your call. It's of no cost to you by visiting formhealth.com. Again, that's formhealth.com. And look into our health coaching program. Um, our coaches talked a little bit about it tonight and the benefits. It's really a fantastic way to achieve your unique health goals, implement a nutrition plan that works for you, um, maybe start losing weight, creating healthy habits, improving sleep. Uh, managing stress better. We all need all of those things. So uh, it's really a wonderful program that has helped so many people. Uh, in the meantime, visit us again at forumhealth.com. Connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. We have tons of great content. Like I mentioned before, we will be posting um, some really delicious plant-based recipes that you can try out with, uh, with you and your family. Um, so check us out there. We have tons of great information. 
And again, ladies, thank you so much for your knowledge. And thank you to everyone for joining us tonight. Happy eating and trying out some great new foods and veggies. <laughs> Thanks, everyone. And thank you, thank Britt. You so much. Thank yeah. you all so much. Have a great evening. Thank you, Britt. You too. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Forum Health Podcast. Forum Health is the first nationwide network of integrative and functional medicine providers. To learn more about this topic and to find a Forum Health provider near you, visit forumhealth.com.